Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 157 of All Booked Up, the Buffalo and Erie County Public Libraries podcast about books, movies, and all things pop culture. I'm your host, Michelle Snyder. And I am Jacob Maracle. We are here for another day. We actually got the computer working this morning with no hiccups. Summer break is coming soon. I mean, it's exciting time, although everything in the news has been... Horrid. Oh, I mean, every story is is terrible. For Britney story, Bill Cosby story, Miami building collapse story, people it, on the West Coast burning up story, it, all of them. Yeah, the whole world has basically it, been the temperature of the sun the past couple of days. They are all trash except one, albeit there is one story that's recently come out. Oh boy, that I am into. Let's let's find out. What and you that got? is recently that the U.S. Intelligence Committee released. Something really remarkable, an unclassified report to Congress of Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon, UAP, a.k.a. UFOs. Yep, it turns out they're a real thing. Um, yeah, so this is actually like a big deal. This is no joke, especially when you consider that for decades the American government totally denied the existence of flying objects that they simply could not identify Mm -hmm. or in some situations explain. And now we've got this nine-page report that isn't exactly like an exhaustive study of UFOs, and nor does it confirm or debunk the existence of alien life. That's true. It does not. That is not the thing. Very specifically, make sure not Very to Very specifically. Not to um, and also, they released this thing on a Friday night in summer. Sorry, yeah. not an accident. That's a, that's a dump. That yeah. is a dump. That is the government doing everything they can to bury the report. That is real life. Despite all of that, there were a number of very interesting tidbits in the report. Mm. For example, um, did you know that clusters of UFO sightings are called flaps? Uh, no, I did not know that, actually. Look at that. I wonder why? <laughs> that's, that's a real more you know, the more you grow moment. But anyway, I wanted to talk about some of the things in the report if people didn't read it and kind of break it down because it's kind of cool. It's pretty exciting, guys, and oh. horrifying at the same time. Okay, so here is a line from the report. It said, after carefully considering this information, the UAPTF focused on reports that involved UAP largely witnessed firsthand by military aviators that were collected from systems we consider reliable. So if you don't know the UAPTF, that's the Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon Task Force. Of course. Cool job. We all know about them. Um, And what this line really says is that the task force decided to give precedence to UFO reports witnessed firsthand by military aviators. which I think is rightly read to mean that these reports are A, serious, and B, credible. Yeah, I agree with that kind of theory. You don't want just like random reports of like people watching TV. They're like, I saw something in the sky. Exactly. So these are their people being like, yeah, we don't know what we're seeing. So here's another line from it. There were 144 reports originated from USG sources. Of these, 80 reports involved observation with multiple sensors. So this line really establishes the universe that the task force examined. There were incidents between 2004 and 2021, and more than half were confirmed by multiple sensors. So it's not just even one person. Mm -hmm. There's many things that are picking up on these. Also very strange. Very, very interesting. And then the last one that I'm going to grab 
is in 18 incidents described in 21 reports, observers reported unusual UAP movement patterns or flight characteristics. So a total of these 18 incidents where UFOs appeared to remain stationary in winds Mm -hmm. and move against the wind and maneuver abruptly or move at considerable speed. Um, That just kind of in plain English means that the military personnel, they spotted these I mean the unidentified aerial phenomenon. I love. Oh, they won't say name. they won't say unidentified flying object at Absolutely. this point. Like, Absolutely, <laughs> Absolutely not. not. But they appeared to be unaffected by wind. They moved in ways that can't be explained and be propelled in ways that can't be explained. And I'm sorry, that is very very interesting. I was one of those people, like when I was a kid, um, when Fox would do those UFO sighting specials. Yeah. So, like, late Friday nights, I would watch them all the time, and I feel justified knowing that it was not a complete waste of time watching those and that they were actually probably historically accurate videos. It's it's actually pretty wild. So of course today we were like we're obviously going to talk about books and movies of course. about UFOs. I mean, it's what we do. Aliens, UFOs, man, come on. We have um, a past alien episode way back in episode 80 when people were talking about storming Roswell. Yeah, you remember that, everybody? <laughs> the, 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 the younger, innocent days where they were doing that. Uh, so that is one that you can check out. But today, at least I'm kind of focusing more on, I think, like the UFO slash alien movies. Maybe you're a little more heavier of aliens. I, I am. UFO. I am trending more in the alien front. okay so we so let's get that let's get into it and see and there's a movie that i just watched the other day that's on my list and i really could spend a whole episode talking about it but oh. i'm gonna space it out so i'm gonna start with classic probably one of the best 1977's close encounters of the third kind ah the classic spielberg uh Richard Dreyfus flick. I mean, this was like the grand tour of ufology. With this was like pre X file government conspirators and UFO fanatics and the whole early abduction themes. Um, so Richard Dreyfus, totally outstanding, is an average guy whose UFO experience turns his life upside down. Um, that railway crossing scene, do you remember, where he gets burned get, by a close brush with a UFO? Oh, yeah. Like, that movie has so many fantastic scenes and imagery to, in it. And that is memorable because that was supposedly taken from witnesses' narratives and actual close encounter reports. Um, so the movie, it's also really noted for its attention to detail from actual UFO sightings, the people who study them. The French scientist working with the American government is pandered, patterned after Jacques Vallée, who's a noted um, ufologist, uh, Dr. J. Allen Hynek actually makes a cameo in the film. So they have like a lot of real people in the field who were either helping with the film um, and in the film, especially that climatic scene in the end where like the mothership mm-hmm. lands. Um, People making a little bong, bong, bong. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> Even the movie's title refers to most extreme of the UFO encounter categories defined by this high neck in his research, which is the first kind is a sighting within 500 feet the second kind is a case in which phys- physical traces are noted, and the third kind of contact is with aliens, thus close encounters of the third kind. I cannot even imagine how much I would freak out if I ever ran into an alien. Oh, yeah, pass. I would like to just pass on that experience. I mean, it's first of all, it's weird enough to think that people can meet them because our brains really cannot 
comprehend what an alien life form might really look like? If you really want, we can get it really philosophical. Yeah, here. we probably should not do that. <laughs> but I just think of how scared I was when I saw a bear in the wild. Oh. And that was like a thing of Earth. Uh, so. Seeing just an alien, like <laughs> your, your head would start spinning and explode, man. Probably. I wouldn't even know what to do with myself. Probably. <laughs> Which is all the more impressive how they handle that in Close Encounters. People were like, oh, that's very interesting. Very interesting, an alien. Where is my Casio keyboard? I would like to communicate with this. But no, seriously, it's a great film, especially as UFO films go. So what are you going to bring us here? All right. So the first one I'm going to go with uh, is a little more lighthearted alien affair. I'm going with the, what year is that, 2011 movie, Paul. Have you seen this one? Uh, no, isn't that terrible? No, well, it's, you know, it depends. It's not your kind of movie. <laughs> and I'll tell you why. Because Why do I expect less any time from you? <laughs> I really don't know. So it stars Simon Pegg, Nick Frost, and Seth Rogen, which right off the bat tells you. I love Simon Pegg, though. Really? Well, I'm surprised you haven't seen this movie. You think He's you would so enjoy cute. It. So, so basically, it's, I don't want to say an uh, E.T. ripoff, but it has a very similar plot in that, uh, you know, Paul, the titular alien who's voiced by Seth Rogen, Crash landed on Earth in the Roswell incident many years ago and has been kind of just hanging out in uh, Area 51 for all this time. The government's been much nicer than you would expect. They've been, you know, giving them, of course you would, uh, you know, drugs and stuff just oh, to hang brother. out. Oh, brother. Was I thinking? Seth Rogen is incapable yeah. of making a movie without, okay. Whatever you, th- when Seth Rogen comes in your mind, that's what you can expect <laughs> in terms of that. Um, but eventually he's kind of like, once it gets to the point where it's been like 60 years and like, all right, we've learned everything we can from this alien. It's time to do some vivisection and find out what's really going on. Paul oh. breaks out and is like, I need to get out of here and go to this place in Roswell to go get back to my to get my people to come pick me up and he is helped along the way by simon Pegg and nick frost wow it is a fun irreverent alien (laughs) simon Pegg seth rogan adventure i mean this is no fire in the sky right here oh no (laughs) thank goodness there's not you just give me chills when we decided on the topic of this episode i'm like thank god i don't have to think about fire in the sky yeah that was in the last episode we don't ever need to talk about it again. no we do not (laughs) Um, but yeah, the movie is lighthearted. It is dumb as all get out. It is gonna. It's the, exactly the kind of alien stoner comedy that you would expect it to be. Okay. And I just recommend it, man. It's just a good, relaxing time, and go check it out, everyone. See I, what 2011 special effects look like too, because it is a trip to see. Well, <laughs> we're gonna talk about 1989 special effects now. I have other good movies on the list, but. I heard of this movie called Communion. Have you ever heard of it? I have seen Communion. You have? Oh, my God. I'm so excited right now that someone has seen it. So I was like, oh, a Christopher Walken alien abduction film. Mm -hmm. First of all, it should have been your first warning. I'm going to check it out. So it's about... The char- it's a character study of of the abduction of researcher Whitley Stryber. That's who, like, wrote the book. Mm -hmm. And Christopher Walken plays him. The most over-the-top portrayal of disassociation and paranoia from these aliens that seem to be haunting him. Christopher Walken. Okay. I sit down to watch this movie. I start it, and I was like, oh, no, this is a terrible, terrible <laughs> movie. I'm not going to be able to talk about it on the pod. This is trash. And it never stops being trash. No. But it goes so far into it that all of a sudden it's sort of spectacular I, like i kept pausing it the aliens in this movie i was like they're just 
latex mm-hmm. like bags full of air or something <laughs> that they're wiggling around. Then there's those little blue ones whose faces are stuck in a kissy face. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. And then you got walking tipped like just prancing around he's just like talking he would say lines like his son would be like dad can we go out today and he'd be like yeah baby bell blue in the sky what is it clouds clouds here we go and you'd be like what did he just say there's no way he had a script there's no way he followed anything that film the scene and i'm giving spoilers people it's fine yeah it doesn't matter when he has a flashback to being on the ship I was sitting on the edge of the couch with my hand over my mouth the entire time. I was like, (laughs) what are these choices? This is totally, totally insane. So if you're looking for a, a, you know, abductee experience um, with some multi-layered memories and some confusion and the worst special effects and the craziest performances, the woman who plays his wife, Andrew and I were crying when he like it's halloween and someone has like an alien mask and christopher walken gets startled he's like oh i'm very scared because you know he had been abducted and he's like was i was it a dream and his wife just berated him for like 24 hours like what kind of man are you you got scared (laughs) by a mask are you an adult you disgust me and we were like yo bro got scared for a like, dude got abducted by <laughs> aliens. Of course he's going to freak out. So I have to say, I'm in the realm of Jacob here. This movie is so terrible, it actually becomes a really good time. See, everybody, now you know you got to check it out because Michelle has seen the light on how bad movies can be interesting. There is like a 10-minute <laughs> scene shamefully focusing on the old alien like probe issue (laughs) stop it to which when they are using the probe on christopher walken and he looks at the aliens and he goes how dare you (laughs) i mean just the greatest (laughs) just play that in your in your head with a christopher walken voice oh Oh, it's fantastic so i I do i have to recommend i have to recommend that you check out communion please then just tweet me about it i jacob i'm really happy i get to talk to another person about it i haven't i haven't thought about that movie in so long i'm so glad that you brought it up. it's wild it's wild what a crazy (laughs) okay sorry what what else do you have all right well i guess it wouldn't be a ufo episode if we didn't cover the most famous i feel like of or one of the most famous of all the uh ufos in Hollywood history we're going to go two for one here. Independence Day 1 and 2. Sure. We Absolutely. Mean, there's no way that we can't mention them. We don't need to go over the plot of Independence Day here because, and I guess it's kind of, it makes sense considering the dates and everything. We brought that up too in our president's movie because best president, best presidential speech uh, he awesome. gives in that movie. Well, in the first movie. Not to ignore I didn't, him in the second I honestly one. didn't see the second one. I don't really do <laughs> you are sequels. Okay. <laughs> you are okay <laughs> avoiding that second movie because it is rough. Although I do wish after the second movie we could have got a third one. The third one might have been actually pretty good. Okay. Um, but yeah, aliens come to Earth and they're like, you know what? All that water, all that oil, that's going to be ours, son. Sure. So they start blowing up all the world capitals and Will Smith saves the day with the help of Bill Pullman and somehow Randy Quaid. The, <laughs> the, the second movie <laughs> is literally the exact same plot except for the ships are bigger. There's bigger aliens, and they decide we need to kill pretty much everybody who was in the first movie that's well, still alive. Sure. So, Gotta do it sometimes. You know, it is it is what it is. But the, the first movie is very fun still. It actually still looks pretty good. 
you know, it does look a little bit like it's like PlayStation 1 cutscenes at times and some of the special effects. But what are you going to do? It's it was 20, fun. I saw that movie. movie on like the 4th of July, of I, course, I in feel the like audience. Everybody did. And yeah, it's true. It's I, actually, I actually recall people like cheering along when they were watching that movie. Oh, 100%. Like it was pretty awesome. But, you know, if the holidays come, holiday is this weekend. Go check out Independence Day, everybody. Have a good time. Turn your brain off for a little while. Go go see when Roland Emmerich and Dean Devlin actually could make movies. It's that the were perfect watchable. time for it. I mean, and all around. Will Smith just punching an alien in the head. And let's hope. <laughs> That these uh, UFOs that are flying around are not planning some Independence Day stuff because we are not ready to deal with that. Yeah, no, we're not in a good place spiritually right now. Yeah. We don't have <laughs> computers. Let's just hope that if that is the case, that their, uh, you know, their operating systems on those spaceships work using Windows like we did in Independence <laughs> Day. We, we need not- everything to crash. Yeah. Um, okay, let's talk for a second about UUOs. Unidentified underwater objects. What is this now? Talking about 1989's The Abyss. Oh, Abyss. That's a good movie, man. That's a great James James Cameron Cameron film, absolutely. Um, But what it was is it turns out in the film to be curious aliens. So again, given that much of the Earth is covered by water Mm -hmm. and much of the ocean's depth is still unexplored in detail. So that's why this movie, I think, really works because it made perfect sense that aliens might choose to establish a base on the ocean floor completely Mm -hmm. undisturbed by humans. I mean, they're going to be walking around like, hey, man, this whole planet's water. Why are you guys walking around on land like jerks? Just live under the water. (laughs) That's great. And again, this is partly based on claims that there are underwater UFOs based off the eastern seaboard um, at the bottom of Lake Ontario and within the Bermuda Triangle. I didn't know that was an actual thing. That, well, that, where, where else were the giant crabs and the Cthulhu's be hiding? They so they say, I remember being young and seeing that film and that whole, like, you can breathe underwater. Like, you did it in the womb. You just have to remember. And I was like, that makes perfect sense. I, I'm still not totally sure it's not a real thing. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, like, I'm like, prove, prove it wrong, man. That's We're James Cameron. We're too scared to even like give it a try, so maybe we should. But the stunning effects and cinematography in this film make it a really outstanding um, first contact story. Holds up after all of these years. It's just really, really an excellent film. Still, I gotta get myself going again because now my brain is still like humming from communion. <laughs> I'm like playing scenes. From it's 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 tricky. That's how good that movie. Do is another about. movie, and then I'm gonna throw a couple books in. All right, so the next one I'm gonna go with is a little bit lesser known movie. It is 2013's Under the Skin, starring Scarlett Johansson. Now, ooh, Michelle's got the sigh, so I, I, there's some thoughts. I have a sigh because I've read and watched so many videos about Under the Skin that it's this work of art and just this really masterful, and I did not like it at all. And I then I felt like surprised. I was the dummy who like wasn't no, getting it. No, I don't blame you on that because it's it's this lower budget independent movie, so it's you know. It's it's not everybody's cup of tea. But, but people are obsessed with they it. They are. They I, are obsessed with do it. Do I need to watch it again is what I'll ask you. Am mm. I going to get something else out of it? No, I don't think so. I think you're going to be fine with um, just watching it the one time. All right. Break it down for us. So basically what it is is an alien comes to Earth disguised as a human, and then she decides to go around Scotland. Uh, interesting choice. Yeah. And, and just tries to seduce men and unsuspectingly take them back to her lair where she puts them into like a dark void where they're basically just going to be food for the inhabitants of that land. 
And Scarlett Johansson basically is playing like this detached alien just out to get as many guys as she She's can. just an alien munching, just munching away. And the other fun thing about this movie is all the seduction scenes is basically those were all improv. So when she's just driving around Scotland, that was really Scarlett Johansson just walk driving around. Was she picking up random men who didn't know they were in the movie yet? Yeah, they were just she was going around just to pick up random guys and then like get them to get in the car, which you're Scarlett Johansson. It's not going to be too hard. No, it's not challenging. Um, but they, you know, intercut that into the movie to play it up as you know to get a more realistic edge to it. So that's pretty cool. Like Michelle, Michelle said, it's a it's an artsy movie and it super, doesn't super super art house. There's almost no dialogue. No, and it's a it's definitely a weirder movie. So if you are more of the you need a lot of dialogue, need stuff explained to you what's going on, this oh, might not on. be the that movie for you. That makes me sound like the dumb dumb. No, no, no. Cuz <laughs> like I said, independent movies in general, they're just kind of sometimes even when people tell you they're fantastic, a lot of times you can watch them and just shrug your sometimes, shoulders. Sometimes though, I will say that that movies like that, if you Watch a couple videos that almost break it down for you, and then I'll end up watching them again. I do get something different out of it. Because then they'll be like, see how her fist was closed in this scene? This represented the... And you're like, no, I didn't see that or connect that. Like, of course I didn't. And you kind of respect what the filmmaker is putting into it. But I definitely struggled with Under the Skin. But, you know, it's still one worth going to check out. So if you're looking for a little bit more lower-key alien UFO movie, this might be a good one for you. Scarlett is excellent, too, as always. Everything she does. I mean, fantastic. Okay, let me throw some books in. Um, And I'm going to kind of talk quickly because I'm trying to give a description of the book. Of course. Word, word, words. So the first one is They Are Already Here, UFO Culture and Why We See Saucers by Sarah Scholes. This is an anthropological look at the UFO community told through first-person experiences with researchers just in their element as they pursue what they see as a solvable mystery, both terrestrial and cosmic. Um, So it's been more than half a century since Roswell. Uh, UFOs have been making headlines again, as we know. And back in 2017, the New York Times actually ran a front-page story about an approximately five-year Pentagon program called the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program. Great name. And the article hinted at its sources and clearly said, like, in subsequent television interviews that some of the ships in questions can't be linked to any countries. So it's kind of like what we're dealing with right now. You know, this implication being that, geez, maybe these are linked to other solar systems. Right. So in this book, we're kind of meeting the bigwigs and the scrappy upstarts and the field investigators and the the rational people, the unhinged kind (laughs) of kooky people. How do they interact um, in all of this? And how does this kind of reflect in the politics and the culture of the larger world around us? Right. Sounds like a pretty legit books on UFOs. Another one is Intimate Alien, The Hidden Story of the UFO by David J. Halperin. Um, and it starts with, like, UFOs are a myth. That's what Halperin says. Sure but, they are. Sure they are. But Halperin. myths are real. And the power and fascination of the UFO has nothing to do with space travel or life on other planets is what he's saying. It is about us about our longings and terrors, and especially the greatest terror of all, the end of our existence. I mm. mean, he's, he's putting like getting, a lot of stuff out there. there. You got it. So this is a book about UFOs that goes beyond believing in them or debunking them and to like a fresh understanding of what they tell us about ourselves as individuals, as a culture, and as a species. So it's kind of like this, like UFOs are a collective cultural dream. 
Mm, okay. In a way. So like mm-hmm. that's super interesting. And then existential. W- one more is the contact paradox, challenging our assumptions in the search for extraterrestrial intelligence by Keith Cooper. And what this book is about is that in 1974, a message was beamed towards the stars by the giant Arecibo telescope in Puerto Rico. And a brief blast of radio waves designated to alert um, you know, extraterrestrial civilizations to our existence. Okay. Right. To kind of give them the heads up, like, hey, guys, we're out here. Exactly. And I mean, we don't know if such civilizations really exist, but for the past six decades, a small cadre of researchers have been on a quest to find out as part of SETI. Um, that's the search for extraterrestrial intelligence. So far, also, they haven't found anything. <laughs> the, 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 mostly well known from the uh, the movie Contact, uh, great great flick. Correct, correct. Um, and like like we said, they haven't found anything. There's a billion stars in our galaxy alone. Man, it's like, what are you guys doing, man? Come on, figure well, it out. Well, the odds of quick success are stacked against them. But you know, in this book, Cooper is kind of looking at, at how far SETI has come since its modest beginnings and where it's going. Um, and he's really speaking to people in the field. And this book considers the assumptions that we make in our search for extraterrestrial life and explores how those assumptions, again, can teach us about ourselves, which is kind of a repeating theme um, in these books, which is really fascinating. Yeah, it seemed, and in the movies, too, like a lot of the time, it's if aliens were real, like, would that bring humanity together? Because then it would be like, well, we're not alone. And like, there's us, it's kind of us against them at this point, <laughs> the, guys. The 21st century vibe, though, that we've been having is, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. We're, we're real angry, but maybe the aliens could get some kumbaya moments going on. Well, not so much kumbaya. It's more like common enemy kind of deal. Enemy my enemy deal. I think that's unfortunately that's more likely that's how a, it works. That's a way sadder one. Do you want to do one more movie? Yeah, sure. Um, I will go with, actually, I'm going to go with a TV show. Okay. 2011 to 2015, the show Falling Skies on TNT. Did you ever watch it? I didn't. It's a Noah Wiley show. It's pretty cute. So Noah Wiley, uh, Will Patton, and Moon Blood God, or Blood Good, depending on which way you want to pronounce, pronounce it. <laughs> I want to pronounce it blue goo. You'd probably be all right with that. <laughs> um, but it's basically uh, another alien invasion movie. Bunch of aliens come down, kick Earth's butt in like five seconds, and then somehow are getting beat up by a ragtag group of uh, like you know people left over for the next five seasons. It's a pretty fun little alien show. Pretty relaxing, pretty... I love that an alien show is relaxing. Yeah, because it's like a family. What? It's like a family kind of drama. So you know, there's a family dynamic going on. There's okay. precocious kids. A lot of good, spe- a lot of good for TV special effects. I, I very much enjoyed this movie, or TV show. And then for I can tell when your voice goes up. <laughs> no, I, I did enjoy this show. It took me a while to get through the fifth <laughs> season, just because it was one of those where you just kind of lose track. You're like of it. it's over now. Yeah. yeah. Um, but watch it. And I guess uh, another one, the 80s movie classic, in quotation marks, Life Force. That one. Yeah, I don't know that either. Oh, space vampires coming down that are going to suck the life out of people. A fantastic, stupid 80s sci-fi alien movie. Take a pass on that. Don't have your kids in the movie when you (laughs) watch it because it is quite graphic in numerous different ways. But it's just so dumb, so fun. And it is ludicrous by the time you get to the end of that movie. The, how far out they go with the alien thing and what's actually going on, it is 
you're just going to be sometimes shaking your head. I sometimes I love that. It's it, it would definitely have you in a communion. Like what is even going on right now? Okay, I I mean sometimes that works. The last one I want to mention because it is just the classic is the day the Earth stood still from 1951. Oh, you're not going with the Keanu one? Absolutely not. This is a classic even beyond ufology. This film turns the alien invasion theme on its head. So it's set in the Cold War, if you haven't seen it, during the early stages of the nuclear arms race. And the film's storyline involves a humanoid alien visitor who comes to Earth, accompanied by a powerful robot, to deliver an important message that will affect the entire human race. So as the the saucer is hovering over Washington, it obviously creates absolute chaos, despite that he has good intentions. So this is a story of hope and peace dashed by our inherent xenophobia and the inappropriate and unwise use of military force when faced with what we might perceive as a threat to ourselves and our society, but like maybe isn't. Why are we using force? We don't know if we have to. Because we can't help ourselves. It's, it's great, just, just what humans They do. got it in 1951. They were like, everybody back up a little bit. You know what? That Keanu one is pretty good too because it does the separate way of it starts tying in like climate change and stuff into oh that's that. interesting i did not see that one either. oh it's, it's not bad Ke- oh, keanu playing a detached alien remake. who has to show no uh, emotion whatsoever <laughs> that sounds right that sounds right up his alien all right we are out of time why don't you plug us up so before the aliens come or if you want to know how to survive <laughs> in this situation or if you want to build your home by looking up how propulsion <laughs> works and do that you could stop by your local library and get some books on it we have 37 branches all throughout erie county so stop on by to one of them and see what's going on we also have a website www.buffalolib.org where you can do some additional research see what we have in stock and check out your own account and don't forget to follow us at all booked up pod on twitter let us know what alien movies you are watching and tell us how terrible you think communion is and why you couldn't stop watching it or brilliant yeah (laughs) so a couple facts did you know that a ufo in los angeles caused five deaths In February 1942, soldiers stationed around 120 miles from Los Angeles spotted an unidentified flying vessel zipping in and out of view, thinking that it might be an enemy aircraft because we're like 42 here. There was some some other big stuff going on. (laughs) Correct. The United States military plunged the entire city of Los Angeles into darkness. They killed all the lights to be better able to spot the aircraft. And as the blackout ensued, police were inundated with reports of unidentified flying objects spotted around the city, because now everybody's seeing stuff. Due to the stress of this event, five people died from heart attacks and car crashes. That is pretty great, actually. Isn't it's it? not great. That The word you're searching for is terrible, Jacob. You know what I actually had in my head is like that one lady, every time something happens, you always have that one person. Lights go off and you just have that one lady like, Just ah! screaming, yes. <laughs> just out of nowhere. It's my favorite part of all of them. Do you know that <laughs> numerous scientists stationed in Antarctica have reported seeing UFOs? Oh, so now look, that's we, we need to be serious here. If there's aliens in Antarctica, we need to get them out of there. We need to freeze them. Like uh, We all saw the thing. We know what's going on. I mean, in 1965, military officials from three different countries, Argentina, Great Britain, and Chile, reported seeing red, blue, and green lights flicker and dart across a remote stretch of sky. 
Um, and troops also recorded major magnetic changes in their geomagnetic instruments, yep. leading them to question like what could be doing this in this part of the world. And to this day, officials still can't explain the sorts of these supposed UFOs. So that's interesting. And the last fact, thousands, sorry, oh this boy. is so American. Thousands of Americans have taken out insurance against being abducted by aliens. Of course. Okay, if you're still listening at this part, I mean, perhaps you're getting concerned about all these aliens. Fear not, everybody. Don't worry about it. For 1995, you can get alien abduction insurance from the St. Lawrence Agency in, where do you think they're located? England. A uh, Florida. Of course. Um, this unique company has sold more than 6,000 policies to date for a total of $10 million worth of coverage. This is from the Miami Herald. Unfortunately, if you check it out, the fine print is a little dicey. Of course. In order to qualify for a claim, you will have to make your way back to Earth mm -hmm. and produce the signature of an authorized onboard alien. I love it. I love that they did that. Absolutely fantastic. Couldn't love it anymore. Um, I love scams, and that's a great one right there. 100%. Okay, thank you so much. That's our episode. We are going on summer break. Doo -doo -doo. We'll be back with a new episode August 2nd, and it is our most surprising one yet. Make sure that you tune in, and we will see you next time. Bye.